Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45 yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said, I've been very lucky with gambling, I've never won. NFL Week 10 already. Don't try to figure out which week it is in college football. Day 2 slash 3 at Augusta National for the Masters. Major League Baseball awards are all out, so those wagers are now close, including a local long shot on the south side. NBA draft betting on Wednesday. We'll cover as much of that as possible over the next hour. Let's start things off this morning on Early Odds with our old friend Drew Dinsick. He hosts the Deep Dive podcast. Follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. And one of the things that I appreciate about your perspective on teams is you love to evaluate head coaches. And I feel like it's changed a bit this year. Head coaches that you would give a large edge to maybe a year or two ago, maybe that's not the case anymore. And I was thinking about this the other night on Thursday night, we were watching Vrabel go up against Reich. Uh, Reich had some questionable decisions that he made. And on this slate that we're about to look at, you've got Sean Payton going up against Shanahan. You got Harbaugh facing off against Belichick. And locally we've got Matt Nagy here, 2018, everything goes right. He's an aggressive play caller, goes 12 and four, named the coach of the year. And ever since the double doink, He's gone completely conservative, and uh, now people are questioning whether he should be the the head coach of this team. Are are there any coaches that stand out to you that you think are kind of flying under the radar and the market isn't giving them their proper respect? Oh, man. Well, the Nagy uh, point is so fair. I, I bet them last week. Uh, against the Titans. I'm going back to the well this week against the Vikings. And it it feels like every single handoff to David Montgomery is just a wasted down. And I, you know, there are better ways you can scheme, you know, there are better ways you can get what you want in a given game. And Nagy knows this. He worked under Andy Reid for crying out loud. So, you know, he has the plays, you know, he has the goods. Um, the, you know, the fact that we're not seeing it is extremely frustrating. Uh, hopefully this is given, you know, the fact that it's been so uh, lackluster for them. Let's give us a fair price this week the market's underrating the bears a little bit at home against the vikings that's all i can really hope for but there are not a lot of uh coaches in my opinion at least that are flying under the radar in a positive sense um the only one that comes to mind is uh what the the scheme that they're doing in buffalo obviously they are scheming perfectly to what they have in josh allen he you know he is capable of certain types of passes they know that he's not going to connect on every single deep pass Uh, He has some accuracy problems, but as long as they are, you know, they're keeping the defense, uh, you know, forcing them to, you know, to be prepared for the deep pass and John Brown and and Stefan Diggs, obviously they brought in tools uh, that, that are more more capable of running under a a poorly thrown football. Um, in, In general, their scheme is, is clicking with exactly what Josh Allen can do well. And you're seeing just, you're seeing the returns in spades for the Buffalo Bills here now in control of their division. Um, I do think that, um, you know, the market underprices, the impact of, of uh, both McDermott and, uh, and Brian Dable, especially uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And also 
the market definitely was sleeping on how quickly Matt Rule and Joe Brady would bring a bona fide NFL offense to Carolina. Um, they've been a great team to back this year so far. Last week was just a picture-perfect spot uh, where you could take Carolina and getting 10 points against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, you knew, you know, this is a team that can score. They're going to be, you know, they're going to threaten the team and the, the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are, are a team that we've seen now a handful of times this season play down to their opponents. Uh, and that's kind of thing you see when you are fresh off your first ever championship. You know, your team's got a little bit of championship-itis and they look past the, uh, you know, the, the cupcakes on their schedule and think oh well we'll we'll figure it out we'll get a win we'll pull this one out we'll uh, you know pat mahomes will pull off some magic in the end here you know they did it against the raiders it didn't work out um but it did for the you know against the uh carolina panthers to get the win um but yeah that carolina team was in the thick of it with the saints with the chiefs you know this is it's a it's a cool team to um, to support from a betting standpoint, and I give a ton of the credit to the head coaches there. Let, let's hit on this Monday night game before we get to our favorite plays on the card, and maybe this one uh, would fall into that category for you. We've got Minnesota coming into Soldier Field Monday night. Now the Vikings have looked good in their NFC North matchups in the last couple of weeks. All of a sudden you have a healthy Delvin Cook, and you open things up a little bit. You're explosive on offense. And uh, you look like a completely different team than a couple of weeks ago. Now, they've been much more dominant at home as opposed to the road, but home field advantage this year, you can make the case that doesn't mean anything anyways. Bears have lost three in a row. They're going on a bye after this. Uh, what was really fascinating, Drew, was what happened to the point spread in this one. The look-ahead line was Bears minus two at home. And then all of a sudden, after that performance against the Titans and then the Vikings with another win, they completely flip it, not to a pick, but to Minnesota minus two and a half. Uh, on Easy. one site earlier this week, Drew, I saw at one point the Vikings, Kirk Cousins was favored by a field goal on the road for Monday night football. Uh, do you have anything on this one? Yeah, I, I, I was aghast at that as well. I think it's a crazy, it's a crazy market overreaction. Two weeks in a row, the market has upgraded the Vikings based on, uh, you know, what was a somewhat fluky win against the Packers, and then you know beating the tar out of a, a kind of a helpless Lions team. So it's it's not necessarily uh, worth the upgrade that they've gotten. Um, you know, sure, surely that some of their young players that they you know that they were counting on for meaningful minutes in the early going this season who were underperforming, they're kind of finding their roles, responsibilities. They've got their feet under them that's fine but this is still uh, a very weak defensive line it is going to be very difficult for them to manifest significant pressure on Nick Foles uh, they don't have a matchup at cornerback uh, for uh, Allen Robinson so this does set up well for the Bears to kind of do what they have done under Matt Nagy which is pick apart the Mike Zimmer defense you know they have done well and they have been able to get into the 20s pretty regularly going up against this defense and with the young pieces on the field for the Vikings in this big spot where they're maybe not necessarily especially comfortable on the road in the you know windy uh, cold conditions. This, I do think, does set up very well for the Bears to get a win. And, you know, you look at Kirk Cousins specifically and what he has done in his career in Soldier Field, it's not good. You know, this is not a, gr this is not, um, a good spot at all for him. Obviously, he's, he's making the most out of the receiver situation. Losing digs and, and bringing a rookie and Justin Jefferson along is very, it's a tough ask, um, and he's doing it. Um, but now you are going up against a bona fide pass defense this bears pass defense is extremely talented they absolutely hit on their rookie cornerback eddie jackson is the real deal at safety you know this is a very very strong pass defense. i could see them manifest what two three picks through or turnovers in this game uh the way that they played against tom brady and the buccaneers on thursday night football a couple of weeks ago i think you basically roll, run out that exact same playbook uh for this minnesota team and you're going to get some free uh, some free points and or some short fields if your defense plays up uh, like they are capable of. So between the pass rush for the Bears, the pass defense for the Bears, uh, and uh, just in general, the you know this is maybe one of the few spots where home field advantage should matter. Uh, I do think that uh, that they're the right side this week. And on top of all of that, you're getting this market buy low on Chicago, sell high on Minnesota. The two, three point swing you're talking about with between the look ahead and how the market actually opened uh, absolutely reflects some overreaction, in my opinion. So, um, you know, this is uh, this is 
probably one of my this i guess this is this is my favorite look on the card at this point and especially if you can get a plus three uh and uh yeah i think reasonably the bears get the win uh bears defense number one pass success rate in the nfl the big concern i i I get it dalvin cook the dude's been a monster but unbelievable Uh, even though he's missed a game and a half you could make the case that at this rate he could go for two thousand yards however Bears did a great job on Derrick Henry last week, so maybe they can do it again. I'm with you. Uh, if you're hesitant to back the Bears like both of us are, this is a great teaser leg play. I mean, even if it oh had two and a half yes. with such a low total, Drew, you get this up to eight and a half, like lock it in, man. Yeah, I, I don't think – I think it's going to be very, very, very hard-pressed for Minnesota to break 20 points in this game, which means if you're at eight and a half, you need the Bears to get what – basically like 10 points i i think we can ask i think we can get 10 points out of this crew uh against what is you know this is quietly one of the you know the less inspiring defenses across the nfl because of their youth movement and because they can't get the they on their pass rush is anemic uh you know this defensive line for minnesota and the you know they they traded for yannick Ngakwe. he's gone now uh they uh, you know we thought daniel hunter was going to be you know potential defensive player of the year candidate he's going to miss the season so you know this is a very very lean unit in the in the small sample where nick Foles has time in the pocket and he's not under duress and you can let the plays develop downfield he can absolutely hit some home runs for you so i do think uh, this is going to be a fun game and uh, i don't mind backing the bears one bit this is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, Drew Dinsick, host of the Deep Dive Podcast. All right, Drew, uh, Week 10 card coming up tomorrow. Take us anywhere you want on the board, side or total. Mm, my next favorite play probably after the Bears at this point, and, and uh, the market does not agree with me. Seattle Seahawks uh, in division against the LA Rams. I think they match up absolutely picture perfect against this Rams team. And, you know, people look at what happened with Seattle last week uh, where they went, go out to Buffalo uh, and they get embarrassed, particularly with their past defense. Well, Number one, Buffalo was a perfect matchup to score points on that Seattle defense because they can hit the, uh, the deep pass so effectively. And, you know, their weapons in the passing game are outstanding. John Brown and Diggs are amazing. And so it was not at all surprising to see Seattle who, you know, were in, they were in a motivational low spot. You just had a huge win against San Francisco. Hey, go fly across the country and play someone out of conference. Now, you know, next week, by the way, you have a, a much more meaningful game against the Rams. It was not surprising that they underperformed in that spot at all and I think they are substantially the better team over the LA Rams who the market consistently has overrated on the basis of their defensive statistics so far this season are excellent but it's been against absolutely atrocious offenses and quarterbacks they have compiled incredible stats defensively that are not meaningful going forward in a predictive sense and this Seattle team and what Russell Wilson can do and the way that his wide receivers are playing right now is absolutely a perfect matchup for Seattle to score points and then here Jared Goff um, you know you can beat us if you can complete a deep pass but oh by the way we haven't seen you do that the entire 2020 campaign so far so this is a a, a perfect uh, setup here in my opinion for Seattle to get a win uh, they're the other dog on my card where I especially love the money line so uh, let's see if uh, Seattle can't uh, get a bounce back in uh, and pummel the Rams I want to go back to I feel an important point you just made on the Rams and why you might always have some sort of an advantage going against them. The popular metrics that you know, even your average sports bettors take a look at right now, uh, number one in net yards per play on defense, number one in yards per drive allowed, number one in points per drive allowed. Like, e- even a few weeks back when I was talking about the Bears-Rams matchup and people couldn't understand why are the Bears almost touchdown underdogs. Now, the market was right about that game, but the, the reason was be, because of some of these popular metrics, right? Yeah, uh, as you're 100% correct in that. You, even even um, beyond those that you mentioned, I think the Rams are number one in DVOA defensively. Uh, they're number one EPA per play allowed. Uh, and But all of that is born out of the fact that they have just played an absolute cupcake schedule. They've played the NFC East 
the Bears, the 49ers when they were dealing with a number of injuries already accrued across their their staff. Um, and I think the team, you know, that the, they performed well statistically against Miami Dolphins, even in a 28-17 loss. But that was because the Dolphins really didn't have to show them anything after getting three, you know, effectively three defensive touchdowns in the first half of that game. So they have yet to be truly tested. It is impossible to uh, describe what an enormous step up it is from a, from a, um, a challenge standpoint when you go up against Russell Wilson especially with the, the three-headed monster he has at wide receiver right now is so difficult to cover your Rams defense is a stars and scrub unit uh, they have Aaron Donald who's clearly the best player in football but if you can put two hats on him and take him out of the game you know com- effectively uh, you know neutralize his impact on the game you know there's a lot of players on this field who are replacement level that you can pick on in the passing game and you know Jalen Ramsey can only cover one of the three guys out there running routes uh, so I think Russell Wilson is going to have an absolute field day on Sunday. All right. So Drew is on Seattle getting two, but he says, go ahead and bet the money line. I'm going to take us to another late afternoon game. San Francisco at New Orleans. This thing has been driven up to 10. The Saints are favored by 10 after winning five in a row. They're coming off back-to-back road victories. Of course, the national TV thrashing of Tampa Bay we all witnessed on Sunday night. San Francisco coming off a little extra rest. I thought the uh, injury report was pretty important in this one. Yeah, Drew Brees limited earlier this week. Michael Thomas still limited. Uh, Ramchek, the starting tackle, he was limited in practice. With extra rest for Shanahan to prepare for this one, it seems like San Francisco is starting to get a little bit healthier. You can clear things up on that, Drew, since you're out uh, that way in California. But uh, San Francisco in this spot, going to the dome, but you don't have the big crowd. I I love uh, Kyle Shanahan team getting 10 points here. That's a fun look. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm high on New Orleans in general just because they were a good buy low spot a couple weeks ago. Um, but for this overreaction from you know, look ahead of six and a half and now it's all yeah. the way out to 10 when there's really been no new information is kind of insane. And yes, San Francisco is dealing with cluster injuries across almost all of their talented players. <laughs> like it's, Have you it's ever not... <laughs> seen this? Seriously. I haven't. No, I haven't. No, this is absolutely insane. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not a superstitious person, but uh, <laughs> the fact that, you know, they're coming off a Super Bowl loss and uh, and they got hit with this severe of an injury bug across all, you know, so many, you know, cluster injury at, at uh, uh, on the defensive line first and the cornerback second and the wide receivers third. And then they lose George Kittle on top of it all. And realistically, he's the guy that moves the needle for me most. Um, Kittle being out is a huge, huge problem because he's so effective in what they do in the run game. Uh, and his, you know, his, his impact on the passing game is, is obvious from the statistical standpoint. So um, Kittle matters. He's not going to be available, which is tough. Um, but I love the, you know, what they're getting at a rookie wide receiver Richie James uh in the it, yeah. he, he was he was special against uh, that Packers defense uh, late in that game mm-hmm. uh he's going to be fun to watch and Kyle Shanahan you're absolutely right he is a coach that you have to give credit and you know in terms of what he schemes this time last year I, I guess it was December actually uh you know San Francisco went to New Orleans and they crafted one of the most spectacular game plans I've ever seen that was such a fun fantastic back and forth game uh and I know a lot of the players for San Francisco won't be taking the field this week but uh, I agree with you this should be a good good close contest test i don't mind taking the points my play on this game i'm looking for uh, san francisco to make their team total it's going to be a pretty low at 20 points i think the saints still have some questions with their defense um and uh you know if the saints cover here it's because they just go nuclear offensively um but i think san francisco is going to get theirs and uh yeah I, i'm with you i believe in shanahan very good niners plus 10 joe ostrowski with drew dinsick sports radio 670 the score drew go ahead and uh take us somewhere else on the board you like mm, okay uh i ended up backing i'm going i'm going up against belichick in prime time this one's a tough one but yeah. uh baltimore matches up so well against this new england defense and i'm not 100 percent sure what's going on with new england and uh in general they're interest in winning football games at this point they obviously they they hustled hard and got that win on Monday Night Football against the Jets um, but the way that they played defensively in that game was shocking and 
I, it's not a, it's not a mirage. They truly are one of the bottom five defenses in the NFL this year. You know, it's not based on the strength of their opponents. It's, uh, it's because they had so many of their talented players, so many of their experienced players, um, decide to opt out of the season. You know, they were down six men, uh, before they even took a first snap this year and they really have no ability to generate a pass rush. They don't stop the defend the run very well at all, which is a huge problem when you're going up against a team like Baltimore, who is so dynamic in the running game. Uh, I think Baltimore's, um, you know, run to the playoffs starts this week. Obviously they had a, a you know, a big win last week against Indianapolis, um, but they have a, a number of um, primetime games over the next several weeks. Uh, I think they have in large part been saving up some of their uh, a plus uh, play calling and scheming for this part of the season as they go through some of these big high leverage spots. Uh, and I think Baltimore is going to put on a show against the new England defense that really, um, you know, is going to struggle mightily. I think to stop them and then you flip the script and you say okay well Cam Newton's playing well this year yeah but there's still something not quite right about what's going on with his throwing shoulder his deep ball lacks lacks touch and accuracy um and who's he throwing to Jacoby Myers I mean he, you know the Jets made Jacoby Myers look like Jerry Rice on uh, Monday Night Football but he is not that good of a player uh in my opinion at least and I think uh, he's going to come crashing back to earth going up against a pass defense that is absolutely uh as stout as they come Baltimore's defense is for real you know and uh, you know I say defense doesn't matter a ton in a handicap but it absolutely does in this spot because you know the the New England offense is relatively one-dimensional. They're going to run. They're going to dink and dunk on you. And, you know, Baltimore is absolutely um, rostered to be able to stop that. So I think Baltimore pretty, pretty much picks their number in this spot. I laid the seven points. Uh, I think uh, fair price on this one should be about Baltimore minus 10. Whew. I also have this written down. There are a couple of things that concern me, though. I got Baltimore minus seven. Uh, that was the best cam we saw all year that we saw on Monday night, but it was against the Jets. Bit of a step up in class going up against the Ravens defense. And, you know, the biggest concern, maybe you'll, you'll tell me I'm an idiot. This is way too old school. So all the money line parlays, all, this, all the parlays <laughs> are going to be tied right. to this game, man. Why uh, isn't it north of a touchdown? We know all the, all the parlays, all the bets on the sides. They're all betting on the Ravens coming off that performance by the Patriots on Monday night. Why is it at uh, seven and a half at least? I mean, we've seen this all season, and it speaks to the respect for Belichick. Yeah. You know, this Patriots team went up against um, Chiefs earlier this season, and that game was uh, seven before uh, you know, Cam got um, put on the COVID list. That was a seven-point game. And how in the world you, you could look at those two teams and think there was only a touchdown difference was tough to say, especially because it was in Kansas City. You know, this is such a huge step up in competition. And, uh, you know, yeah, also New England was, what, 10, 11-point favorites against the Broncos, right? I mean, like, they've there's been an enormous amount of market respect for this um, New England team over the course of the season that I think is largely just, well, Belichick will figure out a way. Um, the problem is he's just is it's so lacking in talent at so many important places. They, they have a, a solid offensive line, uh, a quarterback who can, you know, get a tough yard, uh, and that's about it. And <laughs> that... It's going to be just too much of a test here. Baltimore Ravens are absolutely for real. They're going to be in the mix come playoff time uh, in the AFC, in my opinion. Uh, and realistically, uh, over these next couple weeks, as they take on New England this week, Tennessee next week, and then they got two games in a row in primetime uh, against – actually, excuse me, three games in a row in primetime I'm looking at here. They're on Thanksgiving night against the Steelers. They go head-to-head against the Cowboys, and then they play on Monday Night Football against the Browns. So it's it's going to be a lot of Ravens in primetime uh, four of the next five weeks and uh, I think Lamar Jackson is going to show out and, and they're going to mm-hmm. you know they're going to start calling some of the better plays um, and you know be a little bit more aggressive offensively and you know when it comes to coaching and what you can how you can incorporate coaching into a handicap if you have a coach like Carbaugh who is not afraid to go for it on fourth down uh, early and often before the game is on the line uh, when you're at around midfield you're not at you know the 30 yard line of your opponent um, you know that's going to add points to you you know your your ability to score over the course of a season it's going to give you more wins it's going to give you higher likelihood of covering a, a big number like this so uh you're right it the books are going to need a, a patriots win in a big way here um but in general i think the market has uh kind of overrated uh what belichick means to this patriots team and uh that's what's keeping this number a little bit depressed well lamar says the defenses know their place 
That's what he said on the Rich Eisen show earlier this week. But oh, yeah, I didn't I, hear that. Well, no, he. I, it it was a kind of a ridiculous comment about how they're calling run plays. Like, yeah, Lamar, they're always doing that in every game. Like, they're expecting <laughs> you to run, man. <laughs> they're probably doing it last year. You just didn't notice. Uh, let's go to the AFC West. I'm looking at this Broncos Raiders matchup, and the market has dropped this number, and I think for pretty good reason. Earlier in the week, we were sitting around five. Five and a half Vegas as the favorite. Now we're sitting here at four. And uh, Drew, I find myself backing the Broncos much more than I expected. But sure. uh, I, I, th- I think there's good reason. I wish they would score earlier in the games. That would make me feel a little <laughs> bit better. Like, th- th- do we always have to do, okay, we're, we might cover, but you're going to have to wait until late in the game in the fourth quarter here. The Raiders have won three of four. Their only loss was to Tampa Bay, but I, I thought they were just getting too much respect here in the market when they were favored by five, five and a half. Four is closer, but I, 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 this thing should be a field goal. Just based on this Raiders defense, I mean, they're, they're second worst in yards per drive allowed, points per drive allowed, also 31st, 30th in defensive DVOA. Judy's been dealing with the shoulder. He was limited this week in practice. Should be good to go, but uh, this divisional game, should be a field goal line. So I'm going to take the Broncos and the four. I like it. I totally, I, I think this is a really tough spot, really tough spot for, uh, for Las Vegas. Two wins in a row on the road against the Browns, against the Chargers, feeling good about themselves, looking ahead to next week where they get a rematch, uh, try to take a second win against the Kansas City Chiefs, looking past the Broncos because the Broncos really aren't impressing anyone. They're not in the playoff mix at all. Um, nice motivational high spot for Denver uh, to go into Vegas and get a win. Uh, meanwhile, Vegas is, you know, is, is feeling good about themselves and looking ahead to, to next week. So I, I, I completely see where you're coming from. The Raiders defense is as bad as they look on paper and yeah, Denver, you know, they're there. It's been a weird season for them. I'm not exactly sure how they've gotten to three wins because this is not a very good team. Um, but you're right in division. This should be closer to three. I thought going into the year that this would be Fangio's last year. It'd be a short stay, but I think he's going to coach his way into staying another season. Huh? I don't hate it. I, I mean, from a betting standpoint, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't buy, he, he's not the long-term answer. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. They're probably not going to the playoffs with him, but it does feel like uh, he's going to do just enough. Uh, they're going to show just enough, you know, these, these yeah. garbage time, you know, racking up uh, yardage and points in garbage time the last couple of weeks, stealing that win from the chargers. Yeah. I can entirely see, um, you know, Elway talking himself into no, 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 there's something promising. There's something good going on here. We'll, we'll get Vaughn Miller healthy next week. We'll get some of our injured players back. We'll be, uh, we'll be right in the mix. Uh, when in reality, this is uh, kind of their ceiling as an eight win team. Probably. Drew, let's close with one more side or total you like. Uh, oh boy. So I'll, I'm going to stick with the sides here. I only played two totals this week. I played over in the Denver game, uh, largely because I think, like you said, Denver's live. Uh, and I played uh, over in the Buffalo Arizona game. Although oh that my number gosh. has gotten steamed to oblivion. So I'm on the under on that fair. now. I, I think it. I think that I don't hate that 56 and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I don't hate that. That's that that thing lands in the middle probably. Um, and uh, so total wise, I don't have a ton of uh, opinions, but uh, the one other side I like, um, Philadelphia Eagles, I think uh, coming off there by getting a number of very important pieces back healthy, especially on the offensive line. You give Carson Wentz a little bit more time. You have a, a handful more weapons in the passing game him, for him now. Um, he's, you know, and we're seeing, uh, you know, players like uh, Ward and Fulgham. These guys are emerging as legitimate threats in the passing game as it is. Um, I think that this Eagles team, uh, is, you know, they're rightfully uh, kind of the only team that you should be concerned about as far as the playoffs go from the NFC East. I think they um, absolutely throttled the Giants here. Uh, I think you look back to the Thursday night game where they had the seemingly fluky, lucky one-point win. Um, there were so many high-leverage plays in that game that just didn't quite bounce their way. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the the box score and the final score line was a little bit misleading in that one. Philadelphia completely manhandled that team in my opinion. So uh, the giants and Daniel Jones are really only capable of beating the Washington football team. Uh, that's all they can do. Uh, this is uh, a line that I think should be closer to a touchdown um, giants and Joe judge. Like I don't want to be too negative on them. Like, because like they're playing hard uh, you know, and they're, they're covering 
games. Uh, they were a hot side last week against Washington. They obviously pick up the win, um, but they're just, they're not a very talented team. This roster is really talent poor. Uh, I don't think Daniel Jones is the long-term answer. He just has too many like very critical mistakes when he's, you know, kind of going through the progressions. Um, and uh, yeah, he's going to be under duress too, because this Philly defensive line is at full strength and they're nasty. Uh, and the Giants offensive line is a problem. So I think uh, your potential to see Philly, you know, get uh, some short fields with some turnovers, some, you know, potentially even a defensive score. Um, and uh, I'm hopeful that the second half of the season is more of a redemption for Carson Wentz because uh, what he put on tape for the first half was not impressive. Oh, I, I thought this line was going to go the other way. It came down a bit from three and a half down to three with the Eagles, as you mentioned, getting healthy with Sanders, Alshon Jeffries back, Lane Johnson. Uh, he's been practicing some this week. It feels like there's a bit of an overreaction uh, much of the people are waking up and say, oh, oh, the Giants are hanging around. They've got uh, six straight games, and and they're, these are all one-score games. Maybe they're live to win this one. When you look at the last three weeks, they've given up over 340 yards per game through the air. So I, I don't know how all of these are one-score games. That, that run might be uh, coming to an end here. So, uh, Drew, we agree way too much. Way too much. <laughs> uh, I like it, man. Uh, Drew did say uh, we're both on the Bears. Uh, both on the Ravens, Drew likes Seattle plus two, Philly minus three. I like San Francisco plus 10, Denver plus four. Check out the nice. Deep Dive podcast. Follow Drew Dinsick on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Drew, best of luck this weekend, including football and the Masters, all right? Oh, you got it, man. Thanks, as always, for having me on. This is a ton of fun. You see why Drew calls this pod the Deep Dive Podcast. If you enjoy conversations like that, make sure you smash subscribe on the podcast catcher of your choice to check out my weekday podcast named Bet Sweats, Monday through Friday, five days a week, at Bet Sweats on Twitter. The details on Jose Abreu's MVP from the sports betting side of things, and we'll preview today in college football. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score here on this Saturday morning. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. Always have some sports betting info there, at Joe 670 at Joe 670 A nugget of Illinois sports betting news. So the executive order from Governor Pritzker that gave us remote registration for all these sports books in the state was set to expire today. But yesterday afternoon, he reissued that executive order as expected. So remote registration sticks around for at least one more month. But even if it went away, guys, I've got to tell you, I mean, it was pretty clear from his press conference the other day that it was going to stay. I mean, we're close to a mandatory uh, stay-at-home order. But at, at this point, with remote registration around for months, most of the books already launched at this point. Maybe we'll have another one around the corner, but most of them are already online. They're all mobile. Like, there are no excuses. 
You don't have to bet on football. You don't have to make a deposit to make sure you're registered. If there's a sports betting app that you want, don't forget to get registered. Doesn't mean you have to bet right now, but you don't want excuses. You don't want that thing going away in another month from now, and then you're mad that you have to show up at a casino or some other place to follow the rules and register in person. So uh, make sure you take advantage of that if you haven't already. On the Jose Abreu front, awesome moment to see Jose Abreu win, as he should have. It should have been a route, which it was by the voters. Good job by them. Uh, very cool moment. Everyone in that room, if you saw it, the announcement, I mean, he sacrificed so much for everyone in that room and other members of his family. Couldn't help but think back uh, to the two and a half seasons he spent without seeing his son. Such a great moment. And there are a lot of people, I, I wasn't sure that they should have brought him back, but they did, and it was a great thing they did for the truncated 2020 baseball season. Now, if you're a homer, or Justin Abreu believer, you're really happy right now. You're really happy. If you're a homer that bets on all the local people, MVP, Cy Young, you know, in recent years, it has come through for you. It's worked out. It really did with Abreu. There were some sports books that didn't have Abreu on the board. But the ones that did, it was a monster number. A monster number. Moncada was 30 to 1. Aloy 50 to 1 on opening day. And Jose Abreu was 100 to 1. He was 29th on the odds board. 29th. To give you an idea about the little respect in the sports betting market that Jose Abreu was getting. And this is for a team that was expected to make a big leap and win a good amount of games. As many as they won, no, it wasn't supposed to be that many wins. But they were expected to be a very good team because of all the talent. Jose Abreu, 100-1 to to win the MVP. Tim Anderson, his teammate, also 100-1. to Andrew Benintendi, Max Kepler, Jorge Soler, Carlos Correa. Yeah, they were going to give it to an Astro. Whit Merrifield, Eddie Rosario, Nelson Cruz, Michael Brantley. That's where he was on the odds board. That's where he was. Mike Trout was the runaway favorite like he is every single year. And you had to go down 29 spots just to find Jose Abreu hitting in the heart of this lineup. He made sure everyone in the sports betting world noticed him. He made sure of that. But I will also say, just to his credit, it's not like there was all this disrespect that just a year ago, I mean, you look at his numbers, yeah, he led the league and runs batted in, sure. But he also was a lot better. Like OPS from 834 to 987. Weighted runs created plus from 117 to 167 in 2020. His F4 last year wasn't even two. So you see why his number was that big. And there was all this hype about all the young players on the roster. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score. How about college football? Not a ton of great matchups. We don't have one versus four like we had last week with Clemson going up against Notre Dame. And with all the cancellations, we don't have any ranked teams even matched up here in conference play. But there are plenty of games that you'll be paying close attention to. So we spoke with Michael Felder from Stadium, who is a fantastic college football analyst. And we started off the conversation by talking about Notre Dame-Boston College. Are the Irish primed for a letdown after last week's big win over Clemson? Yeah, I think they should be. Um, not just because of a letdown, sort of a hangover from the Clemson win, but also BC is good. We saw BC run with Clemson for three quarters, right? We saw them do that. And I think the the, the reality here is uh, Jerkovic is super talented. He's brought something to BC that we probably haven't seen since uh, Matt Ryan, essentially, the ability to be explosive. And I will also credit Zay Flowers with doing that as well. You throw in a little bit of Hunter Long as one of the best tight ends in college football. And now they got the ability. This isn't a ground and pound team. This is a team that wants to to drop back, throw the ball, and by the way, you got the added element, the added element of the Jerkovic run. And we saw Ian Book take advantage of Clemson with that quarterback run element through design runs, but also scrambles. And Jerkovic can do that to Notre Dame's defense as well. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Also, 
By the way, defensively, they got two of the top linebackers in the country in terms of tackle numbers, uh, which is something that Notre Dame, I truly believe in. And I don't know if I listen, I get the game was almost a week ago. I don't think enough people have mentioned that Clemson was without Jamie Skalski, Tyler Davis and Mike Jones. They're three of their best defensive football players in their front seven. And I think that was a bigger disadvantage than DJ Uyangalele having to start instead of Trevor Lawrence because DJ played well. DJ played well. They scored enough points to win. Their defense could not screw Notre Dame to the ground. And a lot of that has to do with shuffling players in and out. BC is not going to be shuffling guys in and out. They got their guys. They ride with their guys. And it's going to be interesting to see a team that has more cohesiveness defensively against this Notre Dame squadron because that's an opportunity for them to to find stops and get off the field on third down or get off the field on fourth downs. And those things are going to be critical to BC pulling this upset. What do you think about Virginia <laughs> Tech Miami? I was impressed with De'Ara King against NC State last Friday night. Yeah, what a comeback. I, I I literally, I was watching that game, and I was like, oh, my goodness, NC State's going to win. And then all of a sudden, the comeback and the comeback. And, they keep, and I mean, they scored so many points in the fi- that fourth quarter uh, versus what they'd done most of the game. I thought that was really impressive. So, absolutely tip of the cap to him. Um, against Virginia Tech, I mean, here's the reality. I think Virginia Tech's defense is a shell of what they want to be, what they used to be. Uh, even maybe what they could be. And, and, and the way that I see their linebackers overrun plays and they don't have a pass rusher. And then you throw in the fact, like there was a time when Virginia Tech was being mentioned with LSU, Florida, Florida State, Miami, Alabama, Ohio State. They were in the same running as all of those programs when it came to who is the real DBU. Texas even uh, has also fallen off from that that that, that mantle. But Virginia Tech used to be the DBU. We're talking about Cam Chancellor. We're talking about the Fullers. We're talking about all these guys. And now they got guys watching them approach tackles is incredibly frustrating at the angles that they take. And they're out of position so frequently. Surely they got to be sitting in film being like, well, what made you take that angle? Well, uh, and you know the well uh, of, of, of being in film. I, uh, uh, I was trying. No, 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 no. Just take your good banana route and get there. Like, why are we doing – what are we doing? You, this is it's, – it's frustrating to see. So, here's what I think. Virginia Tech would have to play a game outside of what we've seen on tape so far to beat this Miami football team. Uh, guess what teams don't usually do? With the exception, I guess, of Notre Dame this last weekend, teams don't usually play games outside of themselves. So, if they play a game outside of what we've seen on tape this year, then, yeah, they've got an opportunity to win. But I don't think we're going to get that. This is a team that gave up almost 400 rushing yards to UNC. I don't think they figured out hammer splatter and and gap integrity over the course of the last couple of weeks. Michael, every time I look at the point spread for this Wisconsin-Michigan game, even though Wisconsin hasn't played in weeks now, uh, they are getting more and more support, obviously, because it looks like Mertz is going to be out there and Michigan. Boy, woo! Harbaugh, I don't even in a COVID year. I don't know if you're going to survive this one. Uh, the Badgers are favored by four and a half at the Big House, man. There's a couple things. One, we saw it with Penn State not being able to do the whiteout. We've seen it obviously now with Michigan having no Michigan without without having fans in the stadium. You don't have their home field advantage is let's throw it out the window, right? Because you're just yeah. now you're just football game. And if you're just playing a football game, Wisconsin is a team that it's not that they are more talented than Michigan it's that they're not going to make as many mistakes as Michigan. And I think that is the main issue. They won't miss blocks. They also will, will play coverage. They're going to force you to take little things to get to big things. And I think one of the big issues with Michigan is that early success against Minnesota. Um, I don't know. And, and my wife, full disclosure, my wife went to Michigan state. She was like, Oh, we're going to get killed when they played Michigan. No, you didn't get killed when you played Michigan. I killed when you played Iowa, but they beat Michigan because they didn't make any mistakes, no turnovers. They didn't give them the football, and they did. All, Michigan State is the team that takes all the little things. I think Wisconsin is another team uh, to, to tie it back to this game. Wisconsin is a football team that takes the little things. They like four-yard gains. They like five-yard gains. They love being in third and two. And Michigan is a team that I still like. I thought they had discovered their identity going into the game against Minnesota, but now I don't know if they know who they are. And they can't run the ball effectively, especially in critical moments. And I like Joe Bill. He makes some amazing throws. Uh, and Ronnie Bell, I think, is quite talented. But they don't have the rhythm that they had against Minnesota. It almost feels like it was some sort of a phantom rhythm at this point where I was in love with the way that they kind of lengthened 
the uh, the routes so that Joe Milton had time to get the ball out because he's got a long release, right? And it takes him a little while to settle in to throw in rhythm. So what do you do? You have that guy take an extra step, two extra steps on a slant, and now you're still throwing on rhythm. And I think that was a really cool thing that they did. But I think, I don't know, I, Michigan State obviously played a little bit of uh, a press and pattern matching and zone coverage that this was uh, was a lot of denial football, which allowed their defensive line to get into the backfield and disturb Milton. Uh, which was really, I think, smart on their part. Obviously, Mel Tucker is a very smart guy when it comes to coaching defense. I think that they've kind of outlined a blueprint for what to do against Michigan. Indiana, obviously, did some of those same things. And I, I just, it's Wisconsin, I, I think at the end of the day, I think Wisconsin is a better coach team. Not better players across the board, but better coach and guys who are going to do their thing and guys who are going to, they they really trust what their coaches tell them to do which I think is incredibly important that you have that back and forth belief in your players, but also belief in what you're being coached to do. So, I mean, I got I got to lean on the team. That's a lot more disciplined and, and that's Wisconsin. Uh, what about uh, Indiana, Michigan state? Any, uh, any look ahead factors here with Ohio state coming up next? No, I think Indiana is still surprised that they're good. Um, so when you still have that, like, Oh my goodness, we're, 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 we're winning these games. I think that goes a long way. Penix is really good at the quarterback spot for them. He's incredibly dynamic. I think their defense is being underrated by folks. They got two solid corners, and when you have two good corners, that means that everybody else gets to run free a little bit more and, and make plays. So I, I look at uh, Indiana against Michigan State, and I don't know about you guys, but I watched Michigan State against Iowa, and I, I got mm -hmm. a text from my wife. I, I was in the I was in the, in the studio when the game started, came home at halftime. Got a text from my wife that was like, "What is happening?" You know how you you know when you do TV or you do radio, uh, you're 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 on when when the when the red lights on you're on and then in between you're checking scores or you're watching this or you're doing that. Every time I looked at the Iowa Michigan State game, Iowa was celebrating an, a, a turnover. <laughs> so, I mean, the reality is, which Rocky Lombardi are we going to see? Are we going to see the guy that's like he's okay and kind of like can get the ball to their guys, but also doesn't turn it over? Are we going to see the guy that's Got what does he have? Eight eight turnovers, or they have they have eight. Michigan State as a team has eight turnovers in in, in two games. Like that's that's it's bananas. So it's it's all about what Michigan State team shows up. But the reality is, I think Indiana is actually good, and with them being actually good, I think they've got an opportunity to stretch the field, which is important because if you don't put stress on Michigan State vertically, then they will smother you up front. Which again, going back to Michigan, they didn't stress them vertically, which allowed them to smother them up front. And if you let them smother you up front, they're going to take it. Michigan State, much like we talked about with Wisconsin, um, with the exception of turnovers from a game execution standpoint, especially defensively, they are not going to give you anything. You're going to have to take it. And I think Indiana is fully equipped as a football team to take it. That was Stadium's Michael Felder on my daily Radio.com sports betting show. It is called Bet Sweats. Subscribe to the podcast. A lot of fun every single day. Subscribe to Bet Sweats. Follow Bet Sweats on Twitter. Our weekly visit with Jim Miller is next. We'll hit on Abreu, Bears Vikes, and get some horse racing picks. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Jim Miller time here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Sports Radio 670, the score, getting you set for the NFL weekend, college football, and there's also horse racing going on. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. One of the biggest White Sox fans that I know. Uh, Jim, you had to be thrilled the other evening to watch Jose Abreu get awarded the AL MVP. I had to do some digging, and we're only going back a couple of months. There were some sports books that didn't have Abreu on the board at the start of the Major League Baseball season, and the ones that did had him posted at 100-1 to 1 with multiple teammates Having Man. lower odds than Abreu. And isn't that incredible to think that you, a guy should be automatically on the board if he had previously won a rookie of the year. So this is a guy that was a rookie of the year, and it wasn't that long ago. He was the guy, didn't he lead the AL in RBIs last year? I mean, yes. it's, it's incredible to think that he wasn't even on the board in some locations. And I'm so happy to hear that he won as convincingly as he did. He deserved it. He had an incredible season. And I'll tell you, there's no reason to think that he's not going to have another great season in 2021 because they should put up a ton of runs once again. 
Uh, well, I was really happy to see Bauer win the NL Cy Young, and you can guess why. He had some nice numbers in the offseason as well in that 40 to 50 range. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we missed out on the local guy, though. That's kind of yeah. frustrating. I, I'll be honest, I, I was all over Mankata for the AL MVP. I was thinking about a White Sox player, but I was thinking more Mankata instead of Abreu. Right, and you know, it's so much of the focus, and even my focus at the start of the year was, was Luis Robert for Rookie of the Year, and he tailed off, and then Giolito for a possible Cy Young, and he had a decent season, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Jose Abreu just completely flying under the radar. I mean, there, the talk was Tim Anderson off a batting title. Juan Moncada just coming back healthy in that, and this is the guy that's just produced each and every season, and he just kind of lays low. He's quiet, and then all of a sudden, boom, here's your MVP. Jim, before we get to Bears-Vikings on Monday night, what about some horse racing for today at Hawthorne? All right, three horses today at Hawthorne. I'm so happy to be back at home because it was a rough Breeders' Cup weekend. I apologize to everybody for that. But at Hawthorne, we'll make some money today. Race five, the four-horse cut to order should be very good off a good race here a couple of weeks ago. Race number seven, the six-horse trophy bridle. Bet this horse across the board, turns back in distance, and should come flying late. And then in race number nine, the eight horse promises kept is 15 to one in the morning line should show speed and has a chance to steal that race. So you have a chance to make some value there at Hawthorne on Saturday. All right. So the bears are two and a half point underdog. It could be three on Monday against the Minnesota Vikings on the look ahead line. The bears were actually favored in this game. Uh, We usually talk about our points betting pick with the bears game, but we're going to have to wait a little bit since it's Monday. Uh, Those are not up. Uh, quite yet. I'm going to take right. a close look and see what Dalvin Cook is after they did a nice job against Derrick Henry last week and Kirk Cousins melts on Monday night. So can't wait yes. to see against a great pass defense what the points betting options are for one Kirk Cousins. Jim, I think one of the strongest plays on the NFL Week 10 board is teasing the Bears with a low total game from two and a half up to eight and a half. Is there anything that you Ooh. like? Oh, I kind of like that. That should be interesting here. The two that I want to really look out for, Joe, the Bears, we don't know the status of David Montgomery. So the question is, how many times is Foles going to throw the ball? So I want to look at the total for amount of pass attempts for him because he was at 50 last week. And then the second question is, what is that total for points going to be? I saw 43 and a half kind of leading into the weekend. Again, if the Bears have to throw it a ton and you have Dalvin Cook, who's been incredible the last couple of weeks, huh. see if that point total shifts one way or the other. That should be questionable too. Yeah, a few different things to monitor. Jim, hope it's a profitable and enjoyable weekend. We also have the Masters going on. It, it's nonstop, oh, man. So much fun to watch at four days, to have your wagers live for four days is one of the greatest things out there. Thanks, Jim. All right, you got it. Thanks, Joe. There goes Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Visit Hawthorne and their sports book run by our friends over at PointsBet. Thanks to Drew Dinsick, an outstanding NFL handicapper, and Michael Felder for talking some college football with us. If you missed any of today's Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski show, the pod will be posted shortly. Just make sure you're subscribed. Also make sure you're subscribed to BetSweats. That's my weekday radio.com sports betting show. Tons of content every single day. We'll do a full breakdown on Bears-Vikings with prop bets Monday at 1 o'clock with Lawrence Holmes right here on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Inside the clubhouse is next. Best of luck, everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.